0: Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so you can better develop products customers love. With this journey in mind, I am launching something brand new. It's called the Product Mastery Now Community. If you find value in this podcast, then this community is for you as I've designed it for listeners and with listeners in mind to get more value on this journey towards product mastery. It will provide you tools and resources to help accelerate your journey, a peer learning forum to interact with other product professionals and many other advantages as well. This offer does end soon. Go to productmasterynow.com slash community to learn how the community works, what it provides you, and also to apply to join the community. Again, that URL to find out more is productmasterynow.com slash community. Today, we are talking with Andrew Wolgamoth and what he has learned about creating a rather unique product business called Wove. Along with his co-founder team, they have created a way for customers to design engagement rings, experience their design in their home with a mock-up ring in their hands, tweak it the way they want, and then receive their one-of-a-kind creation at the very end of this process. And I'm just fascinated how they pull all this off in a a surprisingly short amount of time. This is really a digital business coupled with rapid physical product manufacturing. And we'll get into how that actually works and listen to kind of their journey along the way of making this work. So regardless of your industry, this digital product coupled with a physical product, I think will be really interesting. We'll get some good lessons from Andrew to help us out. Before a founding Wove. Andrew served as the Deputy Commander of a Special Operations Unit in the U.S. Army's 75th Ranger Regiment, and very much appreciate Andrew's service to our country. As a reminder, listeners, if you want a detailed written summary of anything we talk about, including that one-page action guide to help you put into action the takeaways that we share that Andrew brings forward for us, you'll find those resources at productmasterynow.com slash 407. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Chad, thank you so much. Excited to be here.
0: I'm excited to learn about this business that, that you guys have crafted. I want to start with just the insight, the problem, the idea. You know, what was it that you guys discovered to even take you down this road?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is funny. A lot of people that see that two rangers started a tech jewelry company are kind of surprised. Not the most likely background to be starting this business or be in this industry. But both not know. Co-founder... You might have had a lot
0: of girls throwing themselves at you along the way. Who knows?
1: Oh, I don't. I, well, that was never a huge <laughs> problem for me. But uh, yeah, it, it is fascinating. You know, both my co-founder, Brian, and I both experienced pain points when we were going through the engagement ring buying experience. Mm-hmm. I was stationed out in Washington, in Seattle. I grew up in the jewelry industry. Both my parents were young entrepreneurs, bought a jewelry company a really a small watch shop back in the late 80s and most all of my childhood was centered around growing the family business which was a small brick and mortar jewelry company so when i went to buy my engagement ring my family was in based in lancaster pennsylvania i was in seattle i worked with my parents designed a ring for my now wife, Sarah. And they had sent me numerous photos and cell phone videos of the ring that we had built together. And I felt really bad, but when I got the ring and saw it in person, I sent it back to my parents and actually asked, hey, can we try again and rebuild this? Which as the as a son that was getting a ring essentially at cost, I felt very bad doing this. But it was amazing to me, you know, seeing photos and videos of, of a product don't always translate into real life. And so when I experienced this pain point, it really got me thinking, you know, if I grew up in the industry, I know jewelry just about as well as as anyone you know, how are people that were not exposed to the industry navigating this process online? And so really, we are kind of creating a a user experience very similar to like a Warby Parker business model for jewelry. Mm. And that's really how I first discovered the pain point and really got me thinking about how can we solve this for other consumers? Because if I'm dealing with this, you know, I'm sure there's many other people that are also struggling.
0: I love the story, right? Out of personal experience, you said your co-founder, Brian, also had challenges with engagement ring, right?
1: Brian's is even worse than mine. Brian, it's hilarious to hear Brian talk about his story because he was sitting in a shopping mall while stationed in Georgia buying an engagement ring and you know it's supposed to be this like emotional sentimental highly highly special moment in your life and he remembers sitting there with a pushy salesperson and just smelling the woof of Cinnabon kind of flowing through the jewelry store and being like what am I doing here this is not the experience that I envisioned so both of us had very different experiences but both negative experiences.
0: Yeah, so how can we improve that? A very emotionally felt pain point, and practically just challenging. You know, when we're coming up with the new idea to communicate that idea to others, it is really useful to to grab a hold of something that people relate to. And you said the Orby Parker for jewelry, right? That you know, people who have experience with that eyeglass, you know, in your home kind of experience. It's like, oh yeah, I get that, right now, and I know what we're talking about. Is that a common way you guys describe it? It is.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's very easy for people to understand. Warby Parker is a big company. You know, they were one of the first business models to do the home try-on model. And... Mm -hmm. You know, for full transparency, I don't know if you've ever listened to how I built this podcast. But I listened to the episode on Warby Parker shortly before coming up with this idea. So, yeah, I, I think there was a lot of influence from that early business into ours. The branding agency that helped Warby Parker actually helped us develop our brand. And so, you know, while they're extraordinarily different companies, you know, we do have a lot of faith and confidence in the home try on model. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen our clients really love that that aspect of our experience
0: so both of the co-founders here you and brian had this pain point you had the jewelry experience the industry you know company experience and i am quite sure that you just put together a plan executed on it, and it all fell together perfectly right no problem yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: not quite if um, only right yeah it is fascinating
0: yeah i would love for you to take us through those challenges right because anytime we get this new idea this is going to be a great way to create value for customers and create a business and you know make great success that's wonderful it's all the execution and all the headaches you run into along the way and coming up with what that solution might look like so i don't know where you want to start but you know like one thing that really stands out to me is the the mock-up part of this i have no idea how you pull that off I'm sure there's some pretty big challenges with the digital experience. When I go to the website and I start start this process, you're kind of redoing this manufacturing process of jewelry and how the artists are involved. Maybe like the first big challenge you ran into it in trying to implement this implement a solution for this problem.
1: Sure, it is fascinating. A lot of times when I'm talking with my team, We kind of laugh because we feel like we're building three different startups at the same time. I mean, we're doing all in-house manufacturing focused highly on systems and logistics and creating custom jewelry from scratch in a highly expedited timeline. We're also building this new digital product that's really the first of its kind for custom jewelry design online. It really doesn't exist today, but it's kind of like telehealth for custom jewelry. And then, of course, there's the marketing and branding aspect that's so important for any e-commerce business. So we definitely bit off. Sometimes we feel like we've bitten off a little bit more than we can chew, but it is coming together really nicely, and we're really excited with the progress that we've made. So really, like when we look at consumer pain points with buying an engagement ring, You know, there's a couple of them, and a lot of them are tied closely to different cultural tailwinds. So, you know, you've probably heard the term creator economy, you know, the the need for a lot of people in our generation to be able to create and personalize different aspects of their life and products that they purchase. And so... Really, some of the major pain points that we saw were that, you know, if you buy online, you're really buying with, without certainty. You're going to put thousands of dollars down. You don't know what's going to show up exactly. It may fit. It may look different in person. You may hate it. If you decide that you want custom because you, either don't find in a jewelry store exactly what you want, or you want something personalized. It's a six to eight week wait across the industry to get that ring. And again, you're putting all the money down up front without ever really holding the ring. And so there's these numerous pain points that we're looking and trying to solve here. But really, you know, where we started the replica idea actually goes back to our time in the army. When I was stationed out out in Fort Lewis, Seattle, I had many friends that were deployed with me that were overseas in Afghanistan that wanted to buy an engagement ring and they didn't want to ship a $10,000 engagement ring overseas to an Afghani address on some base and then get back so that they could propose to the love of their life. So really, that is what started this replica portion of our business. You know, When we send replicas to our clients, what's really shocking to them is the realism. If I held up a final ring versus a replica ring, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. They look exactly identical. We use imitation diamonds and non-precious metals to really give it that, that real look. But our first replica rings were sent to Army Rangers overseas that wanted to design a custom ring while it deployed and be able to step off the plane back in the United States and drop to a knee. And so really you know, that idea of our business was born in the military and then it was really special because getting back I think COVID actually accelerated a lot of our Growth when jewelry stores were closed down for COVID, a lot of our friends and family around the U.S. started wanting this service, and really, that's kind of how Wove was born in the more of the sense that we see today, which is which is helping. You know, we love serving military, but we want to build this product for everyone. And most of our clients today are are non-military, even though it is kind of a special start for us.
0: But that was a great niche that you had access to test out these ideas, right, and get feedback from.
1: Oh, absolutely. Most of your friends in the military are pretty forgiving. So, you know, in the early days when we made a lot of mistakes and uh, surpassed a lot of timelines, you know, it's much more comforting to know that it was your friends and family than a client that that you never met before.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the the, the mock-up piece of that first, Uh, you know, maybe some of the mistakes and being able to create that and just how you, you know, what is that that you came to that works well, right? I, I don't know if there's physical artists involved in crafting this, you know, out of the imitation diamonds and non-precious metals, and just how do you turn that around in a reasonable time?
1: So quickly, yeah, it is fascinating. The industry average for engagement rings, uh, for custom engagement ring design is six to eight weeks. So there were a couple things happening in the world that made this idea possible. And a lot of that was advancements in 3D printing technology that allowed us to significantly cut down our timelines. The way that rings used to be created was it was hand carved from a wax block. You would then cast that and then polish and set it and send it to your client. And obviously hand carving from wax takes a tremendous amount of time. So what we do is now we utilize a lot of, it's really interesting, we use kind of a lot of new age technology, mixed with a lot of old world craftsmanship all at the same time. So we design an engagement ring with a jewelry designer. They send our clients a beautiful hand sketch of that design. If they approve that sketch, it then goes to our CAD designer who brings that sketch into computer aided design in about a day. We then 3D print it overnight. Um, Our 3D printer can print about 300 rings at a time, different rings, and it does it in about three hours. So really quick. Those rings come out in wax. We cast cast it in non-precious metals, and there are goldsmiths who are extremely talented. Most of them have been in the industry for about 15 to 20 years. We'll take those rings, polish them, and then set them with either fake or real diamonds, depending on if it's Hmm. the real or the replica. And we are generally building rings in about seven days and getting them to clients in about nine. So really fast. Really, you know, my my co-founder and I are very systems obsessed, I would say. We love building systems. It was a lot of what we did in the military and in college. And so we invested really heavily into building a CRM and a digital product that can support building custom jewelry in a rapid timeline. And I think really the systems are what have allowed us to do this as quickly as as we are and do it in a way that is also scalable.
0: I want to talk about the systems just a moment to make yeah. sure I understand that mock-up process. So you have if I'm a customer, I come say hey, I want to get this kind of design. I interact with the website. I assume I'm I'm starting to craft the elements of the design. There is that true?
1: So the, the way that our process works today is clients come to our website. They fill out a short design quiz, which allows us to match them with a designer. Okay. We ask them questions about lifestyle, what the style of their ring is, and we can match them with a designer that we think will kind of complement their needs. And then that's after that initial consultation or post quiz and we match them with the designer then they do a 30 minute video design consultation hmm. and following that consultation we send
0: them the technical sketch of their ring it's a sketch of what the designer put together okay and then there's feedback on that that turns into cad very quickly it sounds like and then you it sounds like you print you m- must print that ring that design from cad yep. and then you make a wax mold for that printing, correct, right? and, and then yep. you're actually casting that. I, I was wondering if you were printing directly, you know, in the in the metal.
1: I wish that would be that would make our lives significantly easier, but right. you know that that doesn't exist quite yet in the, in the way that's quality enough to you know put on someone's yeah. finger. And so you know, really, the production process for us, whether it's a replica ring or a final ring, is the exact same infrastructure, process, craftsmanship, just substituting materials.
0: Yeah. So the process is all the same. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Not, not, I I try to avoid knowing too much, you know, when I'm interviewing someone too much about what we're going to talk about because I'm then, I'm frankly less curious. So I I just find this very, very interesting about the process to go through and see that, you know, by doing it this way, that that same process becomes the actual real ring. You're taking out removing steps that might otherwise enter in that would cause some variations and create issues. So in a seven day bill time down from six to eight weeks. I have something special to tell you about after talking with hundreds of product managers about their journey and how they grew in their careers three levers consistently stand out frameworks and tools structured learning and peer learning to bring all three levers together the product mastery now community is opening soon for the very first time the community will help you accelerate your journey and career this is something that i've always wanted to help others with and something i wish i had as myself when i was growing in my career you listen to this podcast because you find value in it and the community will amplify that value for you. Further, joining during the Founders Launch guarantees you the lowest price the community will ever be available for. You'll get training in frameworks and tools, live Q&A with podcast guests, advice from other community members, and more. Learn more about the community and apply to be a member at productmasterynow.com community. This is the Founders Launch. Check it out now. Okay, system. So back to that. Yeah, this is kind of that digital product aspect of this, right? So you mentioned CRM, there's the whole e commerce digital experience, there's managing, I don't know if your designers are employees, or if it's more of a marketplace, you know, of craftsmen that you're crafting, what kind of systems have you found critical that actually make all this work?
1: So there's a couple different things. The big, shiny, exciting one is the digital product that we've built, which is essentially an online design portal for clients. One of the most complicated things about building custom jewelry is just ensuring that communication is clear and concise and that we keep track of all the different details that go into a final ring. So really, what we've built is a a digital platform that a client can log into their portal, they can converse directly with their designer via live chat. They can share inspiration images to their vision board, and they can see exactly where their ring is at in production and where they're at in the wove design experience along the way. So it's, it's a really great interactive platform that we built from scratch. Nothing like it exists today in jewelry. And really, it allows us to do a couple of different things. One, track all of their preferences, both in style and in what their what their preferences are in jewelry. You know, There's a lot of application that we can take from that down the road when it comes to launching our own jewelry lines and being able to make recommendations to our clients on what we think they'll like in the future. But it also has a ton of applicability to just helping them design their engagement ring and making sure it's done exactly the way that they envisioned and that no details are missed along the way. The second thing that we built is a pretty complex CRM system that allows us to track every detail through the through the process, ensure that we are up to date at every stage of the production process, and then it raises red flags when things are either slightly behind or if we need to order more material, whatever it may be that allows this to scale nicely. Most jewelry stores don't have something like that that allows them to see all of their production in one place and ensure that you have the materials on hand, um, that it's at the right place in different stages of production. And so that that CRM is also directly tied into our digital products. So all of these things are linked together and, and really uh, the heavy investment up front in the CRM, the digital platform, are, are what are allowing us to do this as efficiently as we are. So it's expensive and time-consuming building out these digital products. But really, if you want to create a scalable business, it's the only option that you really have.
0: Having that, you know, kind of the whole production system there, right, online to see what customers want, where we are, if we have the right materials in place, everything makes huge amounts of sense. I imagine there's big aspects of this that were obvious along the way. Like, just ask you about matching to a designer, right? Was that original idea that said, hey, let's have that kind of be the starting point or, or something else?
1: Yeah, there's a couple different, you know, there's a couple reasons that we did it this way. All of our designers are in house, we hire all of them, they're all full time employees. And we actually draw a lot of kind of parallels to Peloton. If you're familiar with Peloton, what they were able Mm -hmm. to do extremely successfully is take all of these world-class cycling instructors that, frankly, were getting underpaid and bring them onto Peloton, give them a platform to promote both their own style, the way that they conduct classes, give them a stage. And ultimately, Peloton can pay their cyclists more than they could have ever made if they were in local cycling shops or running a business on their own. And so really, we're able to do a a similar thing with jewelry designers. We've hired some of the top jewelry designers from major name brand companies in the U.S. and are able to give them a a better quality of life, a better, a more interesting job, and compensate them better, which is really exciting. You know, most of the jewelry designers that are, say, working for Tiffany's or Cartier, they'll be put on massive projects. They're usually in dark back offices in New York City. They don't get compensated well for for, for their talents. And really, we're able to give them a platform, give them a stage where they're able to create a name for themselves through Wove, working with individual clients, which is exactly what they want to do do. They love client interaction and they want to be able to build different and beautiful pieces of jewelry, you know, to serve those clients better. And so, that's another major aspect of our business that we're really excited about. And it's allowed us to attract a lot of really top talent across the industry to come to, you know, a small startup that's that's really just, just starting out.
0: And as you talk through that, I, I can see if I'm in the position of, of needing a ring, that that experience, I think, would be comfortable and appealing, right? To work you know, first, it kind of has this feel of exclusivity. It's special, right? You're getting to work with this designer. They're designing something special for you. Not being in the jewelry industry, that's probably not where I would have started in crafting a solution to the problem you described, right? Sure. I probably would have started thinking about, well, let's put up lots of designs on the website. Let's put up components. Let's build a interface that lets people interact with a 3D design, and they can you know, kind of drag and drop pieces that they want to put together together. And we kind of get a mock-up to start with, right? That they just have control over. Sure. There's other ways to crack this nut. And I'm curious, did you actually start there and think it has to be a designer involved based on your jewelry experience? Or did you consider other paths too?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. We've rebuilt our product probably three or four times at this point because, you know, you have a hypothesis of what you think the answer is and you right. build that and you you try to test as quickly as you can and as cheaply as you can. But ultimately, you know, your assumptions are almost always going to be wrong. And so the very first version of our product was actually submit a picture and get a replica which as you can imagine, there's like a million different legal liabilities that fall into place with that. You know, we would probably have every jewelry company in the U.S. trying to sue us if that was our product today. But it is interesting. You know, the assumption was is that was what clients wanted because based on the data we collected, 90% of couples generally figure out what they want either through Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest. And most in most cases, the The wearer of the ring that informs the proposer finds an image and they share that with them either directly or through their friends as like a hint. This is what I want. Mm. And so we want to be as easy as, you know, going from zero to one for that client. You have the picture. You're trying to get the ring. We want to make that process as easy as possible. And what we found was that, you know, to an extent that is true, but not to the extent of, Submit a picture, get a ring. People want more of an experience. They don't want to work right. with a pushing salesperson working with a, with a designer who is your confidant. They're on your team. They're there to help you and guide you along the way. It's just a better process. And the other thing too is, you know, this is such an emotional, sentimental purchase. It's probably the most expensive and sentimental purchase that you will make in your lifetime and you'll wear it. On your hand the rest of your life, it stands for something so much more significant than a car or a house is going to stand for. It represents the love that you share with your partner. And so, you know, we also wanted this to be as as least transactional as possible. We wanted this to be an experience. This is not a click-to-buy type of event in your life. This should be something that is... That is actually a, a very intentional experience. And so that is why, you know, we've kind of transitioned away from that model and tried to make it more of a, you know, an interactive experience for couples.
0: So we talked about the time frame, you know, from, you know, normal design process, six to eight weeks down to, you know, final build, you said, I think eight days, right? Headed back to you seven days to get this thing made. Yeah. How do you compare on price? You know, while we're just talking about this a little bit, I I would expect that because this is custom, it does have this designer exclusive kind of, you know, interaction that I'm paying a little bit more for this to, you know, for the privilege of making sure I actually get it right, that I get what I want. Sure. But but I don't know what your pricing strategy is like.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So you would probably be actually fairly surprised. I would say, you know, we are, we are definitely less expensive than a Tiffany's or a Cartier, even though I would argue our quality is significantly better. I mean, Tiffany and Cartier are still made on kind of assembly line, factory style, you know, production. Whereas we have a bench jewelers take each piece essentially from start to finish or in very small. It, it truly teams. is
0: one of a kind.
1: It truly is. I mean, it's it's one of one. You know, every ring that we make, we, we have zero standing inventory. Every ring is made for an intentional couple in mind. And, you know... I, I think that's really, really special to most people. I mean, you're not going to see a friend wearing the exact same engagement ring for you as you. You know, this is really something that is made specifically for your preferences and for your, for your story. And that's, that's really special to, to, to the couples that we work with.
0: Okay. So it sounds like it has a price that one would expect, but you're, you're not going with the pricing strategy that is a skimming strategy where it's higher than other options. It
1: is no. So what I would say, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably be comparable to a brick and
0: mortar jewelry store.
1: There are some companies without online. the Cinnabon
0: spell down the line. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, our average engagement ring is around 10 to $12,000 is mm-hmm. where we net out. And that isn't a requirement, but I think it's the type of clients that we're attracting. They want that bespoke experience. They want something different. You know, it is fascinating. We did a lot of price sensitivity analysis when we first started Wove to discover, you know, we're offering something really special here if we sold the exact same ring as Blue Nile but offered these services, these design, this design experience, the custom sketch, the at-home replica. It was pretty alarming what we found, and what we found was that clients were willing to pay $1600 more to Wove for that experience than they were to pay Blue Nile for that transactional click-to-buy experience where, you know, you select your own diamond, which if you don't have a background in diamonds, I would highly not suggest. That's very, if you don't know what you're doing, you could end up with something very expensive and very not what you're expecting, I would say. And so, you know, we do price, I would say, about average with a brick-and-mortar jewelry store, mm-hmm. but slightly more expensive than if you were going to do a click-to-buy off of Blue Nile.
0: And I don't know what the rule of thumb is. I, I think when I got engaged, which was quite a few years ago, it was, you know, on average, two-month salary was expected yeah. for engagement rings. Is that still thing?
1: Yeah. I, so I, I typically hear it's so, it's so interesting, right? Because, like, I've heard three-month salary. I think it really depends on, you know— it's such a personal decision, right? right. It, it means so much to some people. And frankly, some people don't want a $10,000 engagement ring and that's okay. You know, what we try to offer is a really flexible experience where we can meet couples where they're at. We can meet them at their price point and, and serve them better than anyone else. And so rule of thumb in the industry is, is three months. We are flexible and we work with, with really any, any budget.
0: Listeners are just trying to tease out some of the details. This is by no means a sponsored ad for Well, I'm just really fascinated about the business and what you have figured out because it's such a, a different model. One quick thing I want to go back to, your, your, the CRM that you mentioned, you're getting data for the future, which is so exceptionally smart, right? One reason why Tesla is valued so highly is because they have, what is it now, like 11 years of uh, you know self-driving data, which doesn't exist anywhere else, right? So that they can do unique things with that in the future. Getting data for that from all your customers for like maybe future products. You said, "And like, did you was that a going in part of your business plan, or did you recognize that along the way?"
1: It, it absolutely was. We've been very intentional along the way, and. I, You know, taking a step back, when I worked for my family's company, which is a very traditional mom-and-pop brick-and-mortar jewelry store, what makes those businesses so special is the longevity of their relationship with their clients. It's you, you know, your clients, you know, their preferences, you know, if we would get a new ring in at my family's business, I could say, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so is going to love this ring. I should recommend that to them. I should give that, I should give, you know, their wife or husband a call and see if they're interested. And a lot of business is done that way. And so when we bring that into, you know, an e-commerce business where we're selling our products in a very different way. We wanted to be able to be the lifetime jeweler of our clients. Engagement rings and wedding bands are hopefully a one-off purchase. You know, we love selling engagement rings, but we also promote happy marriages. So, you know, hopefully I only ever sell one my couple one engagement ring. But that being said, we want to be their lifetime jeweler. So, it was very intentional going into our business to be able to learn about them and what their preferences are so that we can serve them better in the future. And so we collect a ton of unique data points on their style, on their preferences, both through our online design platform and also through our online consultations that are are recorded in order to collect information on their preferences so that we can later serve them better down the road.
0: Yeah, really smart. Data on our customers help us to be able to serve their needs better. Excellent. A lot of good richness in here and, you know, this digital platform that you had to create, the systems around that, how you solved the mock-up problem and, you know, custom design and doing that exceptionally rapidly. As listeners know, we love a good innovation quote. What did you bring for us and tell us what that means to you?
1: Yeah, so I'll give a little bit of context to this quote because it's probably not your typical innovation quote. But this quote followed me from my time at West Point as a cadet where you study you know, generals and all these people from history. And my quote comes from General Omar Bradley, who said, amateurs talk strategy, professionals talk logistics. And, you know, really what this quote means to me is a lot of times as a startup, you know, you have all of these amazing ideas. I'm the type of person where it's, you know, I have to... Only view one shiny object at a time because there's so many cool things that you could do, so many ideas that could kind of derail you from the mission. And, you know, when we're building out this amazing, this, this design platform that we've been able to build, Logistics time and time again is kind of the foundational bedrock of what makes this work. If you can't establish a digital product or a CRM or systems that are scalable that allow you to function below the surface, it'll fall apart quite quickly. And we learned that in the earlier days of, of Wove. You know, when you're building a custom product for dozens of clients all at the same time, having those systems in place makes your life significantly easier. It ensures that you don't drop balls, you know, in the production process, and the sales process. And so, yeah, that's, that's my quote.
0: It's a good innovation quote. So I appreciate that, right? It reminds me, you know, not in the same vein, but you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. It's the execution that actually makes something real. You gotta have good logistics. So I appreciate you sharing that. How can people find out more about the work you're doing about Wove and anything else you wanna share?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we'd love to have listeners check us out at wovemade.com. And then also follow us on Instagram at wovemade. You know, we're always posting whether it's educational articles, things that are going on in our business, or just the excitement around couples receiving our replica ring. It's a really exciting business to be in. We love serving couples. And yeah, we'd love for, uh, for viewers to check us out.
0: Excellent, Andrew's fascinating journey you've been on. I love these problems where people, the, the founders, have personal experience with the problem, and they're trying to solve it to make it better for themselves and for others. You had access to a market segment to get a feedback from, right? That you had uh, that was easy with military people overseas and wanting to have a better process for them. And you have tackled a lot of the, the logistical issues and being able to create a design, a fast mock-up. And get that into the hands of customers. And that's what I think is kind of magical about this idea, right? And like you said, it's the Warbly Parker approach to jewelry. When we get it into customers' physical hands and they can interact with it, that's when they have those wonderful, you know, those emotions about, oh, you know, this is just right. Or like, you know, I really like this aspect of it, but we need to tweak this part of it over here. And that makes it special and very different than other experiences. So congratulations to you and the team.
1: I was going to say, it's, it's shocking to our couples when they receive the replica ring because it's their design, you know, and you're seeing mm-hmm. it in a real form. So it's it's always like a fun point of the process for us is seeing that, that excitement.
0: Excellent. Andrew, thank you for being with us today.
1: Yeah, Chad, thank you so much. Great to be here.
0: And listeners, once again, remember if you want a written summary of everything we talked about, as well as that one-page action guide to help you take action immediately on some of the key takeaways, key insights that Andrew shared with us, Simply go to productmasterynow.com 407. Everyone, keep innovating.
1: Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now, where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.